Ah, springtime. The birds are singing, the flowers are blooming, the sky is shining bright. It's gorgeous. All of our troubles have fallen away. Amy. What? Amy. Amy. What? Why are you ruining me, ruining my springtime? We want something else. <sighs> it's springtime for Hitler and no. Germany. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about TV now movies. Yes, that that was the producers. If you didn't know and thought Casey was just saying about <laughs> a global dictator. If you haven't watched it, where have you been? Watching Game of Thrones. Ah, yes. Quite possibly. Except now it's done. And this is not our episode reviewing the last three episodes of Game of Thrones. That will come in a little bit. Because as of this recording, Game of Thrones is ending tomorrow. Yes. It has not aired yet. So uh, you can have time to process. Before we either come and make you feel better about how you feel or... Deconstruct it completely. It sounds like the King's Landing of your apartment is yeah. falling apart. Yeah. Neighbors are fun. Uh, so, so, in the meantime... We thought we would talk like Game of Thrones is over, since for you, it is. And what you should watch now that you can't fill your life with Game of Thrones. Yes. So, we have some recommendations for different kinds of shows to watch, whether they are completed or currently airing, or to air in a vague sense of future. Yes. And we're going to give you reasons why. Yes. Uh, 13 reasons <laughs> why. That's not on the list. Um, so the idea is that we're going to give you stuff that we think that if you enjoyed Game of Thrones, you will enjoy these other shows. Yes. Hopefully you are accepting of many things and not just medieval fantasy Fun. things hopefully some of the like maybe thematic elements or like archetypes are stuff that you liked and we'll go from there yeah would you like to start uh why don't you because i think you have way more than me <laughs> uh well i wasn't sure like how much i wanted to get into but first i would like to start with uh i'll bring up two shows because at once because uh Game of Thrones is Sunday nights, right? Sunday nights on HBO. At least it was. Yes. What if I told you that these two shows are also Sunday nights? One of them airs directly after this show. Oh, gee, I wonder what this could be. It is Barry. 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 Good old Barry. Barry. Uh, if you have not seen Barry, it is a tremendous show uh, starring Bill Hader, who writes is involved in the writer's room for a lot of the episodes he directed the first few he directed one the second season which is currently airing right now uh i believe if i haven't checked to see if it has any more episodes but the first season has eight episodes so uh this past episode would have been season or the episode eight so that might also be the season finale but if you haven't watched the show that gives you a perfect time to catch up and eight episodes to watch yep so i'll that would be a total of 16, 16 total episodes because it's in season two. Uh, but it is a very, very dark comedy about a hitman who decides to become an actor instead because the because person, it's so easy to become an actor. Well, he the whole like 
the concept and what drives all of this is that he, he doesn't he's really good at killing people but doesn't really want to and the person that he is after is in an acting class and so he ends up in that acting class and is mesmerized by what he's seen and decides that that's what he wants to do now ah as do many of us and so many other things happen uh but if you're looking for a show that's funny with lots of twists and turns and goes really dark uh it's just, like game it, of thrones yes minus the funny right so funny modern and has nothing to do with fantasy just actors just to fill the void of your sunday nights yep it comes on right after that uh it's just it's so good and that's why like it's one of those shows that people will pester you about until you watch it oh i know Case in point. Casey in point. <laughs> Casey has a point. <laughs> <laughs> and that is you should watch Barry. Yep. Uh, I don't want to go any further than just the premise because it's just something you should watch. Like the writing and every, everything about it is super well done. And Bill Hader is amazing in the show. And also the, the female lead that is in the show. Uh, her character's name is Sarah. She is the actress's... T- Who is the actress? <laughs> I don't remember her name. I haven't seen her in anything okay. before Before this. Uh, there are some other familiar faces. One that won an Emmy for the first season. That is Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler is the teacher of this acting class. I love Henry Winkler. Oh my goodness. He's so good. So like those, those are the main trio. Yeah. Uh, and if you... Have seen that his biggest thing so far has been Gotham. Uh, he plays Zaz, who is the serial killer, uh, Anthony Kerrigan, who I've met before and was very nice to me. So, also for good for him. And I think that he is much more known for Gotham. And so, I think he was pleasantly surprised when I brought up his work in Barry because he is hilarious. He plays uh, a Chechenian gang member who was just enthralled by american culture and he is called noho hank <laughs> okay uh and are they in california or New yes York? okay they're gonna be like if you're saying noho yeah no it's very much california uh and he he's the character that almost every scene and they mention it in like the behind the scenes thing mm-hmm. after the episode which is also fun to watch uh if you look at Bill Hader, he's usually has his eyes closed or is looking away from him because he's trying to keep from laughing. Uh, I, I I assume the the bloopers of that show are amazing because Bill Hader is really bad at keeping face. Yeah, but he has some of the best characters. But yes, he is he is also he a laugher. He really makes it a part of his character. Yes. But okay, so you said you had two for Sunday nights. The other. I don't know if this is on your list. It probably but is. Good Girls. Yes. And I will give my reasons, but you can go with yours first. Uh, just the intrigue level is is like a modern like modern day housewife version of Game of Thrones because there are very, very high stakes that they establish yep. from the get-go. And it's just a winding, twisting tale that's a further descent into madness yeah it's a lot of people compare it to breaking bad it's like the housewife breaking bad uh and there are a lot of similarities 
especially between Christine Hendricks' character and Walter White mm -hmm. from Breaking Bad. Uh, that one is a great show, and you should definitely watch it. But uh, Good Good Girls is like that's yeah. my that's my thing right now. That's my jam. I flew through that so quickly. Yeah. I called up to you guys very quickly. Yeah, we were just like Casey, you should watch this. I just didn't realize that I had the access for it. Because once I found out it was on Netflix and then the newest episodes were on Hulu, I was like, oh, I'm getting all over this. Because I just saw a billboard once for this and I was like, I love all three of those women and yep. I want to watch this. Uh, Good Girls is also on my list and a lot of it comes from I really enjoy complex female characters and they're all so morally gray, but like they're all in it for the right reasons. Right, they uh, yeah. They ha it has one of the most it has one of the best pilots I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as like making you care about these characters mm -hmm. right away, it's very nuanced, and I really really enjoy that. But I'm also really enjoying that like you, s and this is going to be a lot of the things that y you hear me say because it's been my issues with what's going on with Game of Thrones is like it has female characters who are making mistakes, making bad choices, having consequences, but still not being the villain. No, I'm rooting for them the whole time. I know, I mean, that's, but that's that that's what I really like is I get to see women who are making choices that aren't good for good reasons, but also, um, especially with Christina Hendricks' character, she has such a want for something. Like she wants to be good at it. She wants, you know, she. Mm -hmm has that drive to, like, succeed in this thing. Because it's... it's and she's not villainized of, for it. Yeah, and it's just someone who is trying to she's uh, never had break through the trap of her mediocrity. Well, that, and she's never life, had... She's never had, she's never had power before. Yeah. Like, she's never had control of her life. And now that she's tasted it, she's like, no, this is what I want. And... She might not make good choices, and she might not do it the right way, but she's not made a villain for it, and I'm really enjoying that. The really interesting thing about the background of this of the show is that so you have Christina Hendricks, Retta, who you probably know from Parks and Rec, yep. and Mae Whitman was from... She was, was from so many things. She was from Parenthood. She was from yeah. uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. She was, she in, was in... Arrested Development was one of the Arrested early Development. Things. She's in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, so she... Her and She's Retta, been an eternal teenager until this moment. That's what I find ironic and interesting about the show, just in the setup of it, is that Retta and Mae Whitman come from very high comedic backgrounds, yep. and then Christina Hendricks comes from very dramatic backgrounds. And so she, I was reading an interview with the three of them, and it was like, Christina thought that this was going to be... Because it's, it's a very funny show. It, it's all... The way it was billed originally was like it's the half hour comedy like comedy drama. Yeah. And so I think Christina she said that she wanted a break from all the dramatic stuff and wanted to do something a bit more lighthearted and ended up having to do some of the most dramatic things in her career. Yep. And like some of the most dramatic acting she's ever done. Uh and and then Mae Whitman and Retta uh you know getting going from Pure comedy. Pure comedy into some some really heavy stuff. Retta especially. Oh, she's coming, so good at it. Going though. from from Parks and Rec to this is like, because she well, and she has a stand up comedy background too. Mm -hmm. Like before all of that, she was a stand up person, and 
she has just taken this dive head first. And, in a good way. Right. And Reno Wilson, who plays her husband, is super charismatic. He's also from like sitcoms mm-hmm. and he's from Mike and Molly and a bunch of other things. And he's... You have a lot of comedy actors in it because then you also have uh, Matthew Lillard. Right. <laughs> Scooby-Doo, all the All, the all things. those things. And, but like the two of them, the pairing of yeah. Retta and Reno Wilson, they are just, it just super great. Yep. Yeah. At all of their scenes and the chemistry between them, especially, is so palpable. That and I also really like uh, the young actors we get, like yeah, um, the girl who plays Mae Whitman's daughter, or yeah, son, it's is... I, they actually got uh, they actually have a, a trans actor, a yep. young trans actor to play the play, part. Yeah, so I'm sorry that I technically just misgendered. Well, if there's I don't really know as much about the actor's preference as far as Yeah, that's more why than the I don't characters. know exactly what to say. So I will say them because I really don't like to misgender. Um but the actor does such a good job and is such a great actor. Yeah. Uh they are my personal favorite of the kids. Yeah, of the kids cuz I mean we get they're the, the most, ones we get to see the most. We yeah. get the most out of them. Uh, but it's just, it's just so good. <laughs> it is. It's so good. And it really is like, if you want the complexities of like the intrigue and the having to navigate like hard choices and like dire circumstance for I, a lot of it. I can only speak for myself, but to me, they're like one of the most, they're three of the most interesting and complex female characters I've seen on TV in a while. Yeah. I would agree. And, and I wasn't expecting treat- it. And I guess one of the things that I have come out of this is like, they're treated well. Yeah. And they're I, yes. And I just, I wasn't expecting it to be as complex and deep as it was mm-hmm. when I first was going into the show. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a romp, but it's, and it has that. It's a very funny show, but man, they, they, they go deep. Yeah. And the scenes are just like, Mwah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Next set? You're, you're up. Okay, my, my set. All right. So if you want to stay most in the theme of Game of Thrones, uh, my biggest recommendation would be Spartacus, which is something we've watched maybe a couple episodes of for you because mm-hmm. you wanted to see it. I've seen the whole thing. And it's if you want the act, the same kind of cinematic action, if you want the same kind of like deep dive into complex characters in a period setting, it, it's really good. The thing that I like about Spartacus, though, is the characters, all of them have so much nuance, and all of them, like, a lot of it was taken with a heck of a lot of care. And you just get, it's such a grand scope of, like, story, especially because with Spartacus, you know where it ends, more or less. But they have a spectrum of diverse characters. Like, that show is so much diversity when you dive into it. And also, if you ever watched um, Arrow and thought that their secondary cast was really cool, so many of them come from Spartacus. Like, so many. And it it's it does such a good job of respecting the characters while staying true to the way that, like, all of it was. And it has the same level of, like, you know, sex, graphicness 
violence and like gratuitous nudity is still intact <laughs> it, it has a lot of gratuitous nudity but for some reason like i was fine with it it makes sense in a lot of the things and there were parts like i didn't like but in general it's the most in line with game of thrones i can think for you to actually watch as well as like man, my sister watches that show it, which is which is funny because she's usually like on mainstream stuff and i think it's it, to me, it's it's funny to see how much of a large female audience is, is in there because you get a lot of uh, male, uh, what's the word, like, uh, ma- men on display. Yeah, but like... Objectification of men. Sort of. And, and that's mostly just for the time period in which this stuff is on. Like, that was never the thing that I cared about. No, but I'm just... It's it, funny. It, it, but it does. Also, I mean... Yeah, it's the time period where everyone walked around shirtless, so... And in, like, loincloth and or, like, booty shorts. So, it, it's, it's just gonna be there regardless. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I think one of the things that stood out to me with uh, Spartacus is the the characters were great, the acting is great, the storylines are, like, very nuanced and continuative, and people get to make mistakes and usually and have redemption arcs and have, like, all of this stuff because a lot of them start out as like slaves um, to like the Roman Empire. And it's all about that time period, which is an interesting time period to me. And it's also such a diverse cast. Like it's, a, you have like Manu Bennett, who's like proper New Zealand actors, so many New Zealand actors. You have a just, it, it's such a wide range of people. And then you have like, the sexuality is so like, the spectrum is there and i just really loved it like for a show that i didn't think i was really gonna love i really ended up loving it well they say that every scene in anything ever is about one of three things power sex or death but the scenes that are actually about sex are about power yes (laughs) that's one thing when i was told that i was like wow that's really true it is but i i think what i liked is it didn't feel like there was an imbalance and mm-hmm. and I'm gonna you're gonna hear that a lot in the shows that I'm talking about because that was my biggest gripe with other things that we will talk about in a future episode cool yeah so Spartacus would watch it it was on stars it's on Netflix I think yeah Netflix. it's still it's, it's still Netflix. on there the whole thing yeah so I recommend that if you are looking for something that's most similar to game of thrones it's what was it like three or four seasons uh it was four or five i think also it has a very cool ending like for if you want bittersweet endings that actually feel earned and bittersweet spartacus was a good one good to know you uh so i'm gonna go with I'm my also, show, I was trying not to spoil it for Casey. My you. favorite show that's, uh, if you like Game of Thrones, that's ended, and I've realized I haven't seen a lot of a lot of shows, or at least ones to recommend like this with this kind of thing, that have actually ended. Uh, I'm going with Sons of Anarchy, okay, which has been described from day one and has been set up since day one as Shakespeare on motorcycles. Okay, it's just, I mean. I know, you said you don't know whether or not I would like it. I don't know. I, I'm curious. I might see if you want to try it out. Mm. I'd be happy to go through the show again. Uh, it has 
maybe b- until Good Girls, like the most recent uh, strong female character that's very complex. Mm-hmm. And just the one. There, well, no, there are there the the female Sorry. leads are complex and everything, but she's just she's the one that stands head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, which is Gemma, which is uh, Charlie Hunnam's the main character. He plays Jack. He's Jack's. He's in this motorcycle club and basically grew up with it. Uh, but Gemma is his mother, who's played by uh, Kate. Uh, the from Married with Children. Yes. Yep. Why am I also Smart House? Katie Seagal. There we go. Yep. I was like, I've Katie seen her Seagal. so many things, and I've I love her in everything. Have you seen Smart House? No, I have not. You should. It's a Disney Channel movie. She plays the AI of a smart house. And right. she goes crazy. She is she is always magnificent. And this is like this is her best work, in my opinion. At least from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And it's just got it's strictly it's Game of Thrones on motorcycles too, because Game of Thrones is very Shakespearean and then the the family like- dynamic it's 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 all like the family dynamics and the betrayals and the twists and the the abrupt killing of main characters. So there you go. Would, uh, I'm just curious. Would you say Shakespearean for Game of Thrones? Because my uh, my thing is Arthurian. A little bit of both. I mean, it's hard not to in in some respects. Yeah, yeah that we can was, talk about that in our Game of Thrones episode. Sure. I'm just curious. I I think yeah, Game of Thrones would be more Arthurian. This one is very Shakespearean because yeah. it's. It's much more heavily tied to family. Yeah. Sounds very Hamlet. Uh, it's like if Fast and the Furious actually killed <laughs> each other. <laughs> uh, but I might be willing to. Uh, like, I, I'm not saying I will never. I might be willing to go through it's, it. It's rough. Like, it goes through But some... I've also watched Oz. Have you ever watched Oz? I have not. I have... Rough. Heard. Yeah. This has some very rough stuff. And... The ending was, eh, okay. Like, it was frustrating. It, it wasn't like for fans of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a make or break for me, but just like a, I don't think it had to end the way that it did. Okay, but still, I mean, nonetheless, like, just tremendous acting across the board, uh, and. Yeah, no one is safe as far as like main characters and that sort of thing. Uh, no one is safe. Okay. So it's just left and right, twists and turns. It's it's good. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. And I know at, this. At first, I was like, "Hmm, okay, it's pretty good," and then it just quickly barrels into like, "Oh, yes," and. One more quick thing is I was angry because I got spoiled a character death, even though I caught up with it really late in the game. Yeah. Uh, so I got spoiled from a t-shirt, but <laughs> that character's death was like, had been two years previous, two or three years previous. So like enough time had passed for that, but I was just mad that a t-shirt spoiled it. <laughs> you have the worst luck with spoilers. But, uh... The, I would have gotten more mad if that actor wasn't basically like it, it was the it was almost the equivalent of Sean Bean dies. Uh, well, Sean Bean's character dies. I'm like, 
yeah, I'm pretty sure this actor has a tendency of dying, so... I would ask, but that's spoiler. Yeah. So I won't. I don't know if you're as familiar with this actor, but from what I've seen... You can tell me after. Die. Yeah, I'll tell you after. Because we have conversations off mic. Yes. Uh, but it's all good. Cute. Um, to say in the vein of shows with, like, big twists and turns, if you like that. If you like shows with a lot of, like, WTF moments and lots of family drama, like family dynamic drama, um, one of the ones I was going to recommend is Orphan Black, mm. which um, is a show that deals a lot with clones, but it's a lot of, again, morality things and lies, and it's a lot of navigating the structures of people of who to trust and who not to trust. And if you wanted to insinuate warring kingdoms with, you know, secret cloning facilities you could try but it's a it's a really good show if you want a great ensemble and if you want a lot of very odd characters that have to work together and get put together but it it's one of the best shows if you want twists and turns and shocks and just like speaking of i was in a shakespeare parody of orphan black oh yeah you played the 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 paul yeah also butts there's butts in Orphan Black, mm. but only the one guy. No, only the two guys are the butts that you see. But it's also some of the best acting I've ever seen because Tatiana Maslany. Damn. Sorry, girl. I may have undersold Sons of Anarchy a little bit. Lots of Charlie Hunnam butt. Lots of dude butts. Butts, butts, butts. Specifically his. Rotating in a circle. <laughs> what? Yep. Okay. Just keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> um. But this one, it's a BBC show. It's just very, very well done. And it's its much more like science than I would say Game of Thrones. But I think if you like the complex um, twists and turns and WTF just happened, Orphan Black is a really great one. And if you're looking for a lot of really great acting, it's a great show. Um, and I think that people who like Game of Thrones would probably like Orphan Black. So we've done something, and I realized I didn't do it for Sons of Anarchy. Uh, Sons of Anarchy is all on Netflix, but I, is there any particular place to watch Orphan Black? I know it was on Netflix at one point. Yeah, I know it's not anymore because I wanted to watch it and it's gone. It might all be on like the BBC website. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. They play it on BBC like every once in a while. And so I'm not sure right now if it's on anything. Because that's, that's the only reason I haven't seen that show is because it's hard to find on, yeah, like, yeah. the streaming sites. I'm not sure right sites. now, honestly. I'm not certain. I know it was on things at one point. I'm sure it will be on something again. And if nothing else, if you have any way of watching BBCA, it's usually on there. Mm-hmm. I just went to... I remember I didn't say it for Sons of Anarchy, but also... That's the hard one to... I think Orphan Black is a harder one to find. Yeah. That's true. But, you know, sometimes it's worth it. Yeah. Try to find no, a way I to definitely watch. want to. That's definitely... Yeah. It's a good show. ...very high on my list. Although I would always get it confused with Black Mirror. Not the same at all. Nope. Just the names. <laughs> and I had to, like... I would get confused on which one people were talking about for a while. Yeah. I know now, but for a while I had a struggle of... Wait, which one is this? Is this the Clones one or the Anthology one? <laughs> The clones. Yes. It's, the clones. it's, I mean, it's the clones war that the I clones. prefer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
So that that's one of mine. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with Westworld as okay. another one. Another HBO show. Well, it's almost like HBO has a type that it likes. They really do. Uh, still got some gratuitous nudity in there. Nudity. Gratuitous nudity. I instantly forgot what I said, but I knew it wasn't right. <laughs> yep, gratuitous nudie. Yep. There's a character named Nudie in the show, and you, you see, see them a lot. All, all the time. <laughs> that's not true. There's no one named Nudie in there. But there should be. Westworld writers, if you hear this. No, that's, no it's not Westworld that's going to pick that up. It's Rick and Morty. <laughs> nudie. Nudie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's got all the intrigue. It's got all of the twists and turns. And... Like, as far as acting levels, some of the best out there right now. Uh, the first season in particular, just super stellar. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood is magnificent, and her character of Dolores is, like, one of my favorites. She's quickly become maybe one of my favorite television characters of all time. She's just a badass in every single way, and just super great uh the other one tandy newton uh she was in like chronicles of riddick uh, mean, yeah. solo a star wars story for all of you people who saw that yeah uh, oh that movie it was fine yeah the thing that happened with her character if they had switched it with the word oh yeah Carlson character would have been so much more interesting huge mistake Ow. huge mistake uh she's always great but in this this is probably my favorite thing that i've seen her in uh, just stellar acting, stellar writing. Uh, it comes from the mind of not Christopher Nolan, but Jonathan Nolan, his brother, because Jonathan writes most of writes with Christopher Nolan a lot of his scripts. So most of the writing is done, shared between them. But this is his baby with his wife, because I found out that the lady that writes with him and produces with him, much like his brother, his uh, he has a duo team with his wife and so this is their baby uh and it's just really good it's you will spend the entire show trying to figure out what's going on but in a good way like there's still so many things i don't understand but there's things that it just it's a slow peel back of the layers and things and it's just one of those things like the more you dive into it the less you know that's the, my friend's husband works on that show. Yeah, I remember you telling me. And I met the, we met one guy who's had yeah. worked on the set. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just super cool. Like cowboys and robots. and. I saw the first, I think three or four episodes. The only thing that got to me was some of, some of the initial setup for Dolores' character really hit was not something I wanted at that moment of me watching it. Yes. It's very much sexually uh, violent. Yes. And it, it, which I will admit is also, there's also in Spartacus, but Spartacus, I wasn't hit yeah, at the same time. Very. I, I'll all say for her is that she's portrayed at the beginning to be the damsel in distress. Uh, and that she is, you know, the helpless person for, if you don't know, it's like a park, a very, very, very expensive park where you theme can park. go and theme park where you can go and live out all your... of your worst fantasies. Yep. 
and the the androids there are designed to do basically whatever you want and so she is considered like the damsel in distress character yep for you to rescue if that's your thing or not or not uh but it quickly gets very much more complex than that oh yeah i i it i didn't mean to stop watching i think it just hit me in a time when i, I wasn't ready for that I, they lay down they lay down the 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 towel the picnic rug just so they can sweep it out from you yeah and then beat you over the head with it you're like haha and uh not only did we get you but yeah it's just yeah i love it and i still don't know what the hell what the hell is going on <laughs> no one does has the second season aired yeah no the second season's has, done and there is going to be a third yes i think there's going to be a there's uh kind of a longer break between the there's like a two-year break which they i think they also did for the first one so uh catch up now but so also you're gonna if, have you're, to wait. if you're if you're a fan of game of thrones having long long hiatuses for only a few episodes yes then here's a show for you yes and there is an episode in season two that is particularly beautiful and i would give it another shot it's 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 not inviting at first it's just like much like westworld it's it doesn't invite you in but if you show up then you will discover things okay uh, because like the first episode or so i mean it's the same way that game of thrones is game of thrones just kind of puts you in the middle of it and just like oh you want us to explain stuff no you figure it out <laughs> it it i do like it when shows assume that you're smart this one Assumes that you're smart, but also you are dumb by proxy. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, ignorant is the, the correct word, mm -hmm. word. And it uses, the show likes to poke at you and jab at you like, haha, you don't know what's really going on. You're like, that's mean. <laughs> but I can't stop watching. <laughs> so yeah, Westworld. Yay. Um, I will go with my last completed show before I get into any of the other ones. Because I, I, like I said, I don't have as many as Casey because I don't think I watch as much TV. Yeah, I'm, I just like to have a list of things. I'll probably only touch on like one or two more. Okay. But it was there in case I needed it. Cool. Um, so if you want a show that I loved from beginning to end, Battlestar Galactica is, I, I don't know if it is my favorite show of all time, but it's one of my like. I loved what they did with that. If you want the F is going on, if you want complex characters, if you would like to not have sexual assault in your show, if you would like to have really strong female characters and really strong male characters and just a whole bunch of like, I don't know who I am. Who do you trust? What that? This is the epitome of that because it's, it's so, so complex and it's so, there are good people, there are bad people, but they all make other choices. And it's so, I I really like Morally Gray. And it's so much of like, well, these are your bad guys, these are your good guys, but they're not really your bad guys and they're not really your good guys because it's all about survival. And I just, the ga not Game of Thrones, uh, Battlestar Galactica, unlike Game of Thrones, which I think tends to go for archetypical more so than metaphorical, 
Uh, Battlestar Galactica goes much more metaphor. It's very much... Uh... Metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> um, it. This is, this is, I think, the difference between Battlestar Galactica and Game of Thrones for me. And it's probably why I have, like, a lot of the feelings about the storytelling that happened in the overall Game of Thrones. Um, I'm saying, having not seen the last episode, um, is that it's all about cycles. So, um, Game of Thrones set itself up as a show about, like, breaking cycles, breaking chains, and all of that. And it was all about, you know, it, it seemed a lot from the way that I viewed it to be, you know this is how it was, we need to get it to how it should be. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, it's all with, this has happened before, this will happen again. And Battlestar Galactica is nothing but cycles. And it's all about breaking the cycle and can you do it? Is that a possible thing in like a grand overarching scheme of things? And it's very, uh, there's a lot of religious metaphor in it. And it's very, very, very interesting to me. But it does a lot more philosophicalness than Game of Thrones, and that's something that I always tend to really, really like. But it has some of the best, like, character development of stuff from, like, super high highs, super low lows, and redemption arcs. It it goes so deep, and it's not afraid of pulling punches and, like, taking characters that you like and just going crazy places with them, but it makes so much sense when they do it. It really is, like, one of my, like, all-time favorite shows ever and if you want i know there are people who hate the ending but if you want a show that to me is like an epitome of a journey from beginning to end it's that one is there how how can we watch this Battlestar galactica i do believe is on either netflix or hulu um it was brought back recently to one of them i can't remember which one but i do believe it is currently on one of those because i remember seeing it otherwise it is available online, and I'm trying to remember where. It might be sci-fi. the Sci-Fi Channel mm-hmm. might have it as a plaything on there because it was a Sci-Fi Channel original um, for at least most of its time. Uh, I think it might have started on, like, network television. I watched it on after it had been over. And I would look up the playlist of it, like, the watch order, because it has, like, some little mini-movies in it that make that help contextualize some stuff that tell you where to play them. Cause the way that they aired, yeah, was I would weird. see those the little mini movies around and like stores and stuff. And I was just, I got so confused. I'm like, how deep does this go? It, it, uh, layers deep layers upon layers deep, but it, it just had a really weird airing order when it was on TV. So there's like season two, season 2.5. Um, so I would just look up the watch order because there are some movies that go in the middle that give you the alternative perspective of what was happening when they can't focus on that. But it has some of my favorite characters in sci-fi. It's a very, it is like heavy sci-fi, but it's like fantastical sci-fi in a lot of ways because of like the existential philosophy of it. And it has some of the best performances of so many people. And I just love it so much. It's so good. Like you, you talk about, um, Sons of Anarchy being one of your favorite shows of all time. Battlestar Galactica, I've watched it, I think, three or four times fully through because I just, I love it. And every once in a while, I get the urge to watch it again. But if you want, like, complex story with great character development and lots of 
WTF. It's a great one for that. Superb acting. So, my next one. If you are looking for betrayal, if you're looking for strong characters, if you're looking for deep twists and turns and WTF moments through and through, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was what you were going to say. <laughs> I had to do it. Uh Sometimes you just need the antithesis of something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just need a show that's not what you've been watching. So if you're looking for something else, go on Hulu and watch all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Do you need a breather? Do you really like ensemble shows, but you want something that's happy? Where the main characters don't die? The main characters don't die. Everyone ends up together. And all of the hijinks end in happiness. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So... I support this. Yes. I will... That was the one I'm just like, I have to bring up the show because it's one of my favorite shows. Uh, and it's... It's your escape show. Yeah. It has nothing to... It's nothing like Game of Thrones, but that might be a good thing. So if you're looking for something like, I just need a break from all the heaviness, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine -Nine. Of course, there's the Holy Trinity that we've mentioned before. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Office, and Parks and Rec. Any of those. But I have not seen The Office. I cannot speak for this. I'm specifically plugging Brooklyn Nine-Nine for this. But yeah, those are... Well, because having watched almost all of Parks by now, I will say Brooklyn Nine-Nine is still the candy. Yes. It's the cotton candy versus the like chocolate that you get for Parks and Rec, which has a little bit more like ups and downs. You know what I mean? They deal with... They go a little bit heavier in Parks. Yeah. they And they definitely touch on, like, police, you know, yeah. all the issues with police and law enforcement and all of that. But they do it in the best way possible mm. and still knowing that they're on a sitcom. Uh, yeah. Parks and Rec will heat you in nerves of, like, this is how we are as a society. And you're like, oh, God. We yeah. really are that way. And, and I will say this. The other thing that is true to me, having... Liking both shows. Parks and Rec humor is a little meaner. Yeah. And so that, I, that's why I would think Brooklyn Nine-Nine if you want just happy. Which is funny because you'd think a police sitcom would be a little bit darker. No. But not, not this one. Not this one. It's, it's wonderful. I love it in every way. Uh, when the inevitable appearance of the pops happen, uh, I will be finding another way to make some money because <laughs> I need all of them. Uh, but... Yes, yeah, so the real one I wanted to go for is kind of a weird one. I'm doing kind of a split. I'm doing a twofer for this mm -hmm. one because they came out right around the same time and uh, they're anthology shows and I prefer the first seasons of these. Uh, so I'm going to kind of talk both about True Detective and Fargo. I have not watched either of these. Yes. Uh, Fargo's the one that I've I considered True Detective. I tried. I think you will probably be infuriated like it. by it, and so I don't know. But to me, yeah. those two are two of my favorite uh, seasons of televisions of all time. Are you like, saying I have triggers, Casey? A little bit, a little bit. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. But at least I know. I've known you long enough to know this is probably gonna upset you, or you know. Yeah. So, but the those two, I, I've only seen the first season of Fargo and it's only because I haven't gotten to the other ones yet 
But the other, like, talk about great casting and everything. But why Fargo. Why would someone who likes Game of Thrones like them? Because the, the, it's structured, they're structured and similarly to a season of, of Game of Thrones where, like, the, there are very strong characters and they're short in and out things. Like, consider them a book of Game of Thrones if it was just one book. Uh, there are lots of both of them have super true Fargo has more twists Mm -hmm. and true detective season one has more character like they have some of the most complex characters I've I've ever watched in tv and true detective and Fargo had just has the twists and the I have to see where this goes and the the writing on both of those is just stellar i i've seen true detective season two and like an, i've only gotten to see like part of the first episode of three they're good i actually like season two of true detective more than most people i know a lot of people were like oh it sucks and no it's just not just because something is not as good as its predecessor doesn't mean instantly sucks. bad right yeah. it's a really good show season two is really good it's just that the first one is one of the best seasons of television ever made, in my opinion. Uh, and guess what? It's HBO. True Detective is HBO. Woo, so if you have your HBO subscription still, yep. there you go. And this is also not a show about debate. So <laughs> We just get to plug our own things. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's eight episodes. It's one of those like you really have to focus. Uh, one of them I had to... I've seen True Detective season one twice, and I've seen the memes. I have, uh, I have, I I got I understood so many more things and discovered so many more things on the second viewing of it, and so it's just nice compact story. Fargo is not like True Detective shows you like just how terrible humanity can be. And often is, and offers all these philosophical questions. Fargo is very straightforward. Uh, similar, because there was the movie, the mm. Fargo movie, and it's similar to that in its tone and design. Like, there's some funny parts, some, like, really funny parts. Some of the stuff you're just like, Haha, I'm laughing because, wow. Uh, but that one's more about the, the winding road. Uh, and True Detective is more of a, why are we on this road? And this road in particular. We know this road is long and winding and very dark and it's hard to see this road, but yet we're on it. Should we turn back? No. The only way is to keep going. Like <laughs> The Matthew McConaughey monologue oh, in the yes. car. <laughs> oh, yes. All of the Matthew McConaughey monologue in the car. And that That, so I have nothing against True Detective at all. I watched one episode... It was all of the monologues was not my thing. I think he started doing the Lincoln stuff right around True Detective season one. That's I I fully believe that's why he got the Lincoln. I'm stuff. I'm not sure it's a chicken or the egg question, but I I would like to know when which one was created and shot because I'm like <laughs> either way it's it fits it's funny it fits if you want to know like what he's thinking about in his Lincoln. He is pondering existence to the deepest levels. Apparently. Uh, but yeah, you've got Max McConaughey, Woody Harrelson, Michelle Monaghan. They're the three the three leads. And they are 
superstellar. It's just yeah. When like it's it's scenes in acting class you would bring to just devour and chew on. Um and Fargo is season one is like that, but in a fun way. And just like a there are consequences to your actions kind of a way. Mm-hmm. You know when you watch something like, I don't know, Game of Thrones and something happens and you're like, oh, there are going to be consequences for this. That is the entire, that is that entire show. Okay. Uh, it's just menacing, dark humor. And True Detective is just dark drama. <laughs> but it's just, there, there are a lot of similar themes. And I think it's fitting with the universe that I watched both of those seasons so closely to each other mm-hmm. uh in some ways they're almost like companion pieces to each other even though they are both anthology shows uh true detective is eight episodes and fargo is 10 episodes i believe but just super tightly written seasons for both of those so yeah if you're looking for like a short little thing uh like like I said, I can speak for the first season of both of those shows. I really like season two, but if you like Game of Thrones, you'll definitely like the first season of True Detective and Fargo. Yeah. Yeah. Nine nine. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I have two recommendations left. I will start with the other one that's more the drama route. Um. If your favorite things about Game of Thrones happen to be uh, Danny and Cersei or, like, anything to do with that kind of storyline, I would highly recommend Killing Eve. Uh, I was going to be shocked if this was not on your list. No, it 100% is. And I haven't finished season two, though I hear nothing but good things about it. But if you want, like, the good person who debates about the good things to do because of the things that are driving her to do make choices and just the the pull of power and um just the complexity of like how humans want to figure things out and get the answers and all of that um i could relate danny's kind of story to eve uh, and just the starting from a really good place and it's a better showing of like the slow, um, corruption of the complexities of human emotion and human relation to doing the right thing versus having your friends, you know, murdered, having all of the horrible things happen around you and still trying to be the good person, it's, oh, Sandra, oh, just does such a good job. And then with Cersei, uh, I'm not going to say her name right, because for some reason it's leaving my mind. Lena Headey? No. Oh, the, oh, you mean like the... The character in Killing Eve. Got it. okay. Um, who I, I don't want to try saying her name, uh, but she's the, uh, the serial killer. In Killing Eve, which is not a spoiler, because it's... Isn't that, like, the premise? <laughs> it's the prim- Yes, it is the premise. Uh, she is the killing, and Eve is the Eve. Um, 
she reminds me of Cersei's thing, which is the ruthlessness of which you are raised and just, like, introduced to and just not... You care about very, very specific things and the rest of it is just whatever you have to do. And it's very interesting to me. The woman who plays her is so good at playing just someone who doesn't care but does. And it's just like, so Cersei could easily have been like a sociopathic character. And it's, it's an interesting idea, but she cares too much about her children. If you wanted to see what Cersei would have been if she had none of that connection, or like had very little of that connection, you would get the character from Killing Eve. And I just want to say her name, but it's I'm going to say it wrong because it's not Villiana, It's but it sounds so much like that. It basically says villain. Um, <laughs> That's her character's name. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'm. It's like at the top of my must-watch list. Uh, it's so good. Oh my god! If you, in it's another one of those ones of like, you don't know where the story is going until it gets there. But when when it gets there, you're like, oh my god, that what oh my god. All right. It, so I'm gonna attempt the name so you don't get in trouble for it thanks. or feel bad about it. Villanelle. Villanelle. Yes. I'm just like, villain. Yes, villain. <laughs> so Villanelle. She, ugh, she's so good. And I am not a fan of toxic relationships, but if I was ever going to try to ship a really, really bad toxic relationship, if she and Eve ended up being murderers together, I would be perfectly fine. Like, if that's how it if that if, if you end with two... Uh, lovely ladies going around loving each other while they kill people, I probably would be fine just because of the way they set up these two characters. It's so interesting and they're so good. And I just, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to finish season two. I wanted to wait till all the episodes were out so I could just watch them because that's how I did it the last time. But Yes, if you're looking for complex female characters who want things and do bad things, but you're still, like, rooting for them and just are just such a joy to watch, I would recommend Killing Eve. It, it's so good. It's so good. So, I'm gonna give this episode a twist and turn of its own. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Uh, I you know how there are a lot of Game of Thrones in this period or Game of Thrones in this like there's a lot of comparisons yeah. that way. So uh, I'm going to start with one that I haven't seen and so I plan to watch very soon. So it's one that we can watch together uh, with you, the audience, or at least I plan to, which is Vikings. Oh yeah, uh, Vikings is on I Hulu. Just, I want to see uh, Vikings really bad. That's basically like from what I hear, just Game of Thrones, but with Vikings. So. Yeah, Vikings. Uh, it from what I hear is really great. So that's the one I'm challenging myself in this episode. But uh, real, this one I wanted to do kind of a mention of. Mm-hmm. I won't go really too deep into it because I've only watched like I think I'm on season three. There's only four seasons. But if you want to see like the Game of Thrones meets this, uh, there's a weird thing I need to describe really quickly, which is what I call the Assassin's Creed effect. Uh, because Assassin's Creed is a game series that goes to different time periods. And I've noticed that there are 
shows that come out right around the same time or like just kind of happen to be there during the hype of it. Yes. Uh, because Assassin's Creed 2, it was set in uh, the Italian Renaissance right around, I think it's the Borgias, mm-hmm. which has, and Assassin's Creed 2 has the Borgias in it. Uh, there was Turn, which came out right around, that was around the revolutionary time, which is Assassin's Creed 3. And Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, my personal favorite, uh, is set in like the uh, like 1740s, 50s. Uh, and it's the pirate one. So if you want Game of Thrones, but with pirates, Black Sails is what I'm referring that to. That is now also really high on my to-watch list via a different podcast I was listening to. Uh, I I have watched like two and a half seasons of it. I haven't I haven't finished it because strange enough, I have it on uh I have it on Blu-ray. I have those three of the seasons, two or three of the seasons on Blu-ray. And the reason why I haven't finished them is because there were times I would watch it when I didn't have internet. So I think it's good. This is a little public service announcement, a little smart life hack. Always have shows you can watch, uh, perfectly even new shows that you can watch if you don't have internet or something, if you just have to like pop in a disc or something. Whoa, popping in discs to watch shows. Whoa. People don't do that anymore. Well, that's what I've been doing for Black Sales, and I intend to get back on it. But I just wanted to... Here's a direct trans- translation from... If you like Game of Thrones, here's Game of Thrones on ships. Pirate ships. So, yeah. No, it's... And not Euron. No. <laughs> no. But Black Sales, I've heard a lot of really good things. And it's on my list of shows to watch. And it's just one of those, like, I just kind of wanted to to mention uh the other show that i plan to watch if for like liking game of thrones i've gotta everyone won't stop talking about it so i've gotta get into the wire Uh, yeah i might do that one by myself but no i hear great things about the wire and i would be willing to try it because i heard about it around the time when i watched oz and i hear that it's super great it's just so sad uh, so I was, I was torn between two. I think I'll just mention one and go slightly more detail about the other one. So I, then I can finally shut up. Uh, but Mad Men is really good. I haven't finished that one yet, but it's, it's got, how does got, it relate to Game of Thrones? Because I'm glad you asked, uh, ensemble show, great characters, lots of characters, but the pacing, the pacing is very, if you take out the battles, and the actual thrones, the political intrigue and the the relationships between people is actually very similar. Uh, but I, I won't go too deep because I haven't finished the show. I haven't seen the last season yet. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of those. I'm like, hmm, I, I would rather go into detail uh, with Big Little Lies. And how does that relate to Game of Thrones? Why do you keep, you look at me with this, like, I'd like to see how you pull this off. Because I would like to see how you pull this off. That's, it's on HBO, as of most of these are. <laughs> no, but I. I'm, I'm curious because to me, I don't see the correlation. And I'm curious as to what the correlation is. It's just your eye, your eyes, your eyes are saying a lot of things to me. I just, it made me think of Robert Downey. Did, your eyes are saying things? Did my mouth say anything to you? <laughs> 
but you're giving me this intense stare. But the the not betrayal. The the way people talk to each other in Big Little Lies is very similar to Game of Thrones because you can't. That wasn't. Oh, yeah. Stop being judgmental on me. I'm not. You're being like the people on Big Little Lies and being super judgy. I'm not. Uh, but I think it's the the character moments in Game of Thrones and with all of these shows really comes down to human nature. And that's what I most, I love character studies. Uh, like going back to stuff like Good Girls and everything. Big Little Lies is very much a character study. And the, you even within our protagonists, you don't really know who to trust. And that's, it's like the, it's it's the political intrigue of Northern California. <laughs> Ooh. But the the I will do anything for my child mm-hmm. and the I don't trust anyone that's not my family and I'm even willing to betray those closest to me to protect my family or to get what I want is very like private school mom of thrones <laughs> game of private schools right it really is though but the it's just game of moms yes really though and <laughs> which is also good girls pretty game much moms. yeah this game one of drug moms good girls is more of like the the how far will we go into criminality to to help the ones that we love and this one is how can I? How far will I hurt you? To yes. Go what What am I willing to do to a specific people, <laughs> a specific group, yep. to get what I want, and uh, and to get the revenge that I seek? Like the, it's a very very deep character study, and I think it goes. The the only other deepest character study I would compare it to is True Detective season one. As far as just getting into like that human core essence, and there are a lot of little twists and turns and winks that that show does. That uh, besides the battle, if you're not here for the battles for Game of Thrones, you're here for the the intrigue and the the scene chewing. And so, Big Little Lies is just chewing scenes all day long. So chewing it like it's tobacco. Yep. <laughs> uh yeah i i don't really feel i need to go into it more than that but I, is, are you satisfied with my comparison sure, sure yes <laughs> maybe you should be on big little lies i'll do that <laughs> hell but yeah season two is gonna get very game of thronesy with the bringing in of meryl streep as a mother as a protective mother who will do anything for her children and she's got that look in her eye that maybe she's willing to kill for her children i mean that's cool i saw the first few episodes of big little lies i just never finished it i was just curious about how it related you did a very good job i got a shore from it <laughs> but whatever from you that's a 
glowing recommendation. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of, lot of heavy dramas. Well, to go away from the heavy dramas, uh, my last recommendation of shows that I have seen, uh, is Steven Universe. I'm gonna give you the stare now. Let's hear this. Very big ensemble show with a lot of history of war that's driven everyone's character to where they are now, um, as well as a character who has to deal with his legacy and the legacy of his family that he doesn't know because no one will tell him, <laughs> uh, has to figure out his way around it, figure out what he's meant to do, and overcome the sins, this time, the sins of the mother rather than the sins of the father or the brother or the entire rest of your family um, to kind of bring about peace in between all of the quote unquote nations or races, which in this show is gems and humans because they haven't expanded past that, which is related to kind of like, you know, the North, the King's Landing, the houses, all of that. They, there is one person who is supposed to bring them together. And it's a lot of history of war. They go into so much about, you know, death and grief and family and what you will do for your family and finding your place in stuff where, you know, you were wrong. You were not the, you're not supposed to be the warrior or you're supposed to be the warrior and you don't want to be. And it's, it deals with a lot of the same thematical elements that Game of Thrones does when it comes to history, life, uh, finding your place, and like dealing with the destin quote unquote destiny that is thrust upon you, um, and the expectation of you based on the things you can't control, and it's very very interesting to me that way. And unlike Game of Thrones, is Game of Stones. Yes. Well done. Um, it deals a lot with that, and it does deal with hierarchy and responsibility and saving the underdogs, which I think is part of Game of Thrones that it's kind of stepped away from at the end of it, but that's how Game of Thrones started out a lot to me. And whereas Game of Thrones goes really sad, dark, and heavy... Um, Steven Universe can get very dark and heavy, um, but it has happiness and music. Uh, also, I uh, can I say one thing that's only slightly a spoiler, but you have no idea what I'm talking about? Sure. Uh, bringing life to dead things. So I have seen, we're on season three of going through it with me. Yep. Uh, so I haven't seen all of it yet, but... If someone does not put his hand on Steven's shoulder and say, you're a universe, be a universe, <laughs> I will be disappointed. Um, similar, but not about being a universe. Because his, his responsibility and his legacy has to do with his mother. I want Lady Tyrell, I want Elena Tyrell to show up in this show and tell him that. <laughs> we... If you've seen Steven Universe, uh, we have hit right before, uh, where we are at right now is kind of right before the really big shift in storyline. 
And so I'm trying very hard not to give spoilers, but... Your explanation of connecting to Game of Thrones gets a... Sure, from me as well. <laughs> Shores all around. Stop hitting me! <laughs> not hitting now me. Now it's Game of... Stay away from Amy. Hail! Ow! Ah. Hail to the Casey, or hail on the Casey. Apparently. <laughs> uh, but it's... yeah, I think we've given pe- our audience lots of lots of things to watch. Most of these, I'm like, let's go watch these right now. I know, right? I've been in such a mood for so- a lot of these shows. Um, the one things that I will say is there are shows that are supposed to be coming out that I think will also hit this same kind of mark. You have Good Omens, which is very much. Facing the end of the world, which is more the realm with the Night King, which I think could be really fun. You have uh, the, as of yet, I think, untitled Lord of the Rings miniseries. Yes, we'll see how they're going to adapt. I don't know why they couldn't do something else instead of Lord of the Rings again, but we'll see. I don't know, but I'm I'm curious. Yes. And then they're also, Hulu is supposed to be making a series based on Throne of Glass, which is one of my favorite book series ever, and is Glass of Thrones, <laughs> and is really, really, uh, closely related to Game of Thrones. If you wanted the period with layers of magic, that's not full on magic. Or if you can't wait anymore, you can always go back and watch the film adaptation of Aragon. or you could go read a book because maybe you feel like that but that's an entirely different kind of podcast where where this is this is about people watch game of thrones what are you gonna read game of thrones that's stupid yeah because you don't have any ending and you have no guarantee so that's a whole different thing that sound that you made it sound like game of thrones as books you know how I realize how dumb you sound right now? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening yeah. to this episode of Talk Nerdy to Me, Baby. If yeah. you have recommendations for uh, shows yeah. that you would like, that you think that would fill the void of Game of Thrones for people, please recommend them on, to us on Twitter, on Instagram, or in the comment section on whatever podcast thing that you're listening on. If they let you do comments, we try to read them, but sometimes they don't let us. And please tune in, not next week, but the week after for our Game of Thrones episode, because next week I will not be here, so there will not be an episode. She will be in another country. I will, and it's a totally different time zone, so I'm not being responsible for trying to post an episode on time. Thank you for listening. I am Amory by the Sea on all social medias and internets. And what am I? What are you? You tell. Don't need to find him. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.